Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. God is here, his presence is here, uh, and where his presence is, uh, there's fullness of joy. There is hope, there is life, and I'm really looking forward to this morning to uh, bringing a word that God's been stirring on my heart for a while. And uh, last Sunday, um, uh, God brought it to remembrance, and God knew last Sunday that I'd be preaching this Sunday. I didn't know last Sunday. Uh, again, you may have saw that beautiful picture of Wyatt, that beautiful baby boy, and I'm grateful for him because it means I have an opportunity to preach because uh, Pastor Daniel is going to preach, and I'm excited to come. Uh, and to help out today. Uh, my wife and I, Ashford, we've been uh, hanging around uh, Horizon since the spring, uh, and we uh, just love being here. I love being a part. You may have noticed me sometimes playing drums. Um, <laughs> but I, I am grateful to come and to also uh, share the word this morning. So if you have your Bible, uh, if you want to turn to Genesis chapter 1, uh, my hope this morning, uh, with a word that uh, I can sense uh, kind of the, the weight or responsibility of bringing a word that I believe is for us that's in season. Uh, and what I hope to do this morning is to actually tie a thread through uh, the whole scripture. Uh, now, if you would give me three hours, I could bring more to you, um, but we don't have that much time. Uh, so we're going to uh, choose a few scriptures to highlight that we would learn something about the very nature and character of God, that if we can grab hold of it, can transform your life. Now, I know that sounds like an infomercial. Um, but let me tell you, when it comes to the things of God, it's better than we believe. Uh, he's bigger than we understand. He loves us more than we could ever comprehend. So it often is better than we could ask, think, or imagine. And so what we want to do, we were just singing that song, Waymaker. We were thinking, that is who you are. When we can understand who he is, it transforms how we live. It transforms our perspective and our understanding. And so we do want to grab hold of a, uh, an attribute, a characteristic of God um, that can transform your daily life. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Wow, it sounds like we're ready. Praise the Lord. Uh, what I want to do is I'm actually going to read through very quickly uh, all of Genesis chapter 1. Uh, if you're new to the whole Bible, uh, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. We're going to the first chapter uh, talking about how God created uh, everything, the heavens and the earth. And so we actually want to read through Genesis chapter 1. And then again, we're going to tie a thread through scripture, understanding something about the very character of God, and then think about how that applies to our lives today. So let's read from Genesis chapter 1. Uh, it might be up on the screen. I'm reading from the ESV or the elect standard version. Uh, that's a cheesy pastor joke. Don't worry about it. Um, but we're going to read from Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. 
Let's keep going. Wait a few minutes. It was so good. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters and that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven or sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together. He called seas and God saw it and said it was good. If you want to say good, it kind of helps us remember when the days end. It's a good thing. And then God said, there's a bonus. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds according to its own kinds, the trees bearing fruit in which is their seed. Again, I said I would be reading very fast because we want to go through all scripture this morning. Um, uh, uh, Through, and I think I lost my spot. Uh, Trees bearing fruit in their own seed according to its kind. And God saw that it was and there was evening and there was morning the third day let's keep going and God saw that God said let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and uh, let them be for signs for the seasons and for days and for years jump to verse time verse 19 and there was evening and there was morning oh before that and God saw that it was Good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. Verse 20, and God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters. Someone say fill in the waters and seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. Our last day is about to come. And God said, let the earth bring forth living, uh, living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And then in verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Jumping to verse 28, and God blessed them and said to God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill. Someone say, fill the earth and subdue it. And then verse, uh, verse 31, and it was so, and God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very, and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. This morning, I want to bring a sermon called, if it fits, I sits. Uh, but before we go further, I want to pray, God, would you come? God, we thank you that we gather together in this place and we know that you're here. We know that you're moving. God, we thank you that you're a God who speaks to us. And so, God, I pray this morning that you would come, that you would speak through me to our hearts, to our lives. You would bring hope and encouragement. And just as we read in this scripture, Lord God, in creation, the spirit was hovering over the water. God, that we ask that you would come and hover over us now. And Holy Spirit, that you would come, help us understand your word, help us to see Jesus more clearly and transform our very lives. In Jesus' precious name, somebody said. Amen. 
Uh, as I was preparing for this message, uh, I was reminded of something that I really enjoy. Does anybody enjoy a really good meme? Do you, yes, a meme. Younger people, like I know what it is. Older people, what's a meme? Uh, if you have been on the internet for any length of time, a meme is simply just like a cutesy picture that has a little caption, and most of the time the result when you read it is, huh. It's not like a full-on laugh. It's just a little shoulder, huh. And then if it's really good, what my wife and I do is we text them back and forth. And most of the ones are pictures of cute dogs. Uh, often for my wife, they're, they're little ponies that are running around. And she says, here's a Valentine's Day gift idea. And she wants a pony. At some day, I'm going to buy her a mini miniature pony. Maybe not this Valentine's. But, and so we send back and forth these memes. But I'll be honest, I'm getting a little bit older, and there's some new memes that have come out that I don't really get. I don't even give it to, huh. Uh, one of my friends, his name is Prince, and I'm sure if it was possible, he'd have a master's degree in memeology. He, oh, let me tell you, he sends some of the funniest memes, but sometimes I don't even understand them at all. And so I think back, and I remind myself of my favorite meme. Do you want to hear of my favorite meme? Okay, well, I have the mic, so we'll do it anyway. But, um, but my favorite meme were a series of memes. Often there's themes or kind of memes that are multiple. People make more and more of them. Again, if you don't know what a meme is, Google it later. You'll have yourself a good laugh. But my favorite meme involves cats. And if you didn't know, half the internet is basically just cat videos. But, uh, but there was this theme, uh, this meme that was around that said that you know, see a picture of a cat and they typically be in something, like an empty box. And then all the caption would say, if it fits, I sit. And that was the meme. And people love it because people love cats. Now, dogs are better than cats, but we still, we, we still like cats. And so cats, there'll be all these pictures of maybe even like an empty bowl. And then a cat jumps in it and it says, if it fits, I sit. Maybe there's just an empty boot. And then you see a cat in it. And the caption says, if it fits, I sit because there's something in the very nature of a cat that if it sees an empty container, it as a wild animal determines in itself, I'm going to sit in this thing because that's what I do. If it fits, I sit. And now sometimes cats are a little bit more rotund than the container that they can fit, so they overflow the container. But it's just part of who cats are. And I want to bring us to a truth this morning that something actually God reminded me last week in uh, pre-service prayer. I encourage you to join us for pre-service prayer. We had a great time this morning. Why don't you join us next Sunday? Because God might speak something to you that he might want you to share on a Sunday morning. <laughs> in my case, that's the case. But God reminded me of this idea, if it fits, I sit. Cats just have this desire that if there's an empty box, they will sit in it. I want us to think about this truth this morning about the character of God is that God is a filler. Someone say filler. We were just singing, God is the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who we are. We can add to that list is that God is a filler. And so what I want to do now is I want to take our way through scripture and looking at this idea of the God who fills. You ready? 
Let's go back to Genesis chapter one. We just read it. The first point, if you are taking notes this morning, is God fills spaces he creates. So when we see this, uh, this story, this poetry, this imagery in Genesis chapter one, the intention is, is that we would understand who God is. And not only that, we understand humanity and the world around us. We see a God who exists before creation. He's eternal. He always has been. He always will be. We have a God strong enough that he speaks things into existence. This is who he is. But this, this, this story also lets us understand that God is a filler. This is, what, this is how we know that. In day one, in day two, in day three, we see that God is creating spaces. Day one, he says, let there be light. And so there's day and night. He's, he's creating a space where his, his glory is. It's almost like space itself. Day and night. Then we find a parallel on day three. So God's created a space. What does he do on day three? He fills the space with the sun, moon, and stars. God creates a space. He fills a space. Day two, God creates, and it says that he creates this, like uh, in Hebrew thought, the earth was kind of this dome that was holding out water, and he created water. So he created the sky, and he created the seas. Parallel, day five, God fills the space, fills the sky with birds, fills the water with sea creatures. God, and part of his character and nature is if he creates a space, he'll fill a space. Day three, he creates the land. And then what does he do in day six? He fills the land with all sorts of animals and creatures and the pinnacle of his creation and filling it is humanity. We need to understand something about the, the first chapter of the Bible reveals many things about God. But one thing I think we forget is that God is a filler. So if God creates a space, he's going to fill a space. And now what I want to do is I want to jump to another portion of scripture, another beginning or another start. Genesis is the beginning of the story, the beginning of creation. And I now want to look at a story in Exodus. And we want to think about this idea is that God fills spaces we create. God fills, space, fills, fills spaces that we create. So in Exodus chapter 40, I'm going to start in verse 1. I'm not going to read all of it. I encourage you to read it later. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, on the first day of the first month, again, here are these beginnings, you shall erect the tabernacle. Someone say tabernacle of the tent of meeting. You shall put it in, in the ark of the testimony and you shall screen the ark with a veil. What God is doing, and if you read in the book of Exodus, God has delivered his people out of Egypt and has called them into a land. And what he's doing, he's been giving them instructions of how to build this really awesome tent. And there's purple fabric and there's gold and he gives all of these dimensions. And God's people build it. And so we can see that. He's saying, okay, on the first day of the first month, I want you to build this tabernacle. God is asking them to create a space. And then let's see what God does with this space. Uh, we want to read this in verse 34. So they spend their time building the space. It's everything God told them to do, they do it. You can look online for what this looks like. It's awesome. Uh, and then in verse 34, it says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting. 
And the glory of the Lord filled, someone say filled, the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the clouds settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, wherever the cloud was taken up over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. Verse 37, but if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out to the day, uh, until the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and fire was in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their generations. Here we see this amazing example. God calls his people to create a space. And after they create the space, what does God do in his very nature? He fills the space. This is something in the nature of God, that if there's a space, he comes and fills it. Now, the question is, is does God fill every empty space? Well, not particularly. There was a moment that God chose to fill the space, and it was after they had done something. In Exodus chapter 40, we're going to jump back to verse 9. It says, then, then you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it. Again, they've built everything. It's, everything's put in its place. But before he fills it, he wants them to do this. So they're going to take oil and anoint everything and consecrate it in all its furniture so that it may be become holy. Before God fills the space, he asks them, anoint it, consecrate it, make it holy. These words sometimes are hard for us to understand, but in a sense, when you anoint something, you set it aside for a sacred purpose. When you make something holy, you set it apart. That's what the holy is. It means to be set apart. And they create a space that's not just any space, But the tabernacle is a space that's set apart for the glory of God to come and dwell and to lead and guide his people. So not only does God fill spaces he creates, he can fill spaces we create, especially when we set them aside for the things and purposes of God. God is a filler. What's interesting is that the tabernacle is actually a picture of the Garden of Eden. If I had some more time, we could expand on that a little bit. But there's this connection between the Garden of Eden and what the tabernacle is. It's a place where God wants to walk and dwell with his people. This is important. We're going to continue tying some threads. Our last thing that we, uh, last scripture that we're going to look at as we tie a thread through scripture is we are a a charismatic Pentecostal church. So make your way to Acts chapter 2. As you're making your way to Acts chapter 2, what's happening here is that Jesus has come and lived his earthly ministry. He's died on a cross. And as he promised, three days later, he rose again in victory. And then he hung out with his disciples and taught them, made them breakfast. Uh, It was a great time. And then before Jesus ascends back to heaven, Jesus says, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. So we find ourselves in Acts chapter 2. His disciples, around 120 of them, are hanging around in what's called the upper room. It's a space. Okay? And now we want to read this story. This is really exciting. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from a heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled, someone say filled, the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues of fire appeared on to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled, someone say filled, with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Here God has done something, and doesn't it remind you of the tabernacle? That God comes when they build the tabernacle and fills it with his presence. Here at Pentecost, he comes in like a mighty rushing wind and fills the room. Do you remember the tabernacle? It talked about at night there was a fire that rested on the tabernacle. This illustration of God's presence What happens at Pentecost? The fire comes, rests upon them, much like the spirit rested upon the waters in Genesis. Now the fire rests on them and then goes on each head. It's like there's a little flame on their head. This is good news. God is doing a new beginning. This is a new start. This is a new age in God's plan of the world and that he has come to fill his people with his presence. No longer is he just going to dwell in a tabernacle. He's going to dwell in the hearts of his people, of you and me. That we, yes, this is good news. That we become mini tabernacles. Places where God comes and dwells. He comes, rests upon us. But there's something even better that not only does God fill spaces that he creates, not only does God fill spaces that he creates, but God delights in overfilling spaces. Someone say overflow. What happens at Pentecost is they are filled with the Spirit. And then if we would read more, what happens is people start speaking in languages they never learned. Happening at Pentecost, there's this big festival. There's people from around the world, known world. They speak different languages. God's spirit invades and overflows this room. And then his spirit-empowered people with tongues of fire, they go out into the city and start preaching the gospel. There's this overflow that happens. They have so much of the spirit that it comes out of their mouths. The spirit-inspired speech, God is a God of overflow. When we look back and we look at the tabernacles, God's desire isn't that his presence would just dwell in a tent. No, it's that he would have a people that then would overflow and become a blessing to the nations. When we look at Genesis chapter 1, God fills creation. And I love this, Genesis chapter 2, God forms the man creates a space. Then God breathes in him. God fills spaces that he creates. But guess what he says to Adam and Eve? Be fruitful and multiply. God's desire is always that there would be a filling, but it would always overflow. This is good news. God delights in the overflow. And when we think about overflow, it it reveals at least three things about God. First is that God is a God of abundance. Do you know we serve a God who's never known what it's like to be in lack? 
You know, sometimes I look at my bank account um, and I'm like, ooh, maybe not as much as I'd like in there. Now, God's faithful. I remember times where there was a negative amount. Anybody ever been there? Not great. God has never been in the negative. God in himself is all sufficient, more than enough, ruler of heaven and earth. Old school preachers would remind you, he's the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. There is no lack in God. He's a God of abundance. But it also reminds us that God's a God of generosity. That not only does he, he's full of abundance, full of love and every good thing. And then he generously gives it to people. God is a generous God. But whenever there's an abundance, whenever there's an overflow, it also reveals the mission of God. It always reveals the mission of God. The overflow at Pentecost resulted in 3,000 people from different languages, different tribes, different cultures becoming part of God's kingdom. They trust in God. What's God's desire for his people? To overflow and to become a blessing to the nations. What's God's desire for Adam and Eve in Genesis? That they would fill the earth, that they would be part of God's work to redeem and make beautiful and restore all of creation. God's overflow points to his very mission. This is good news for us. And I want to also remind us of this truth, is that we are designed to live in the overflow of his presence. I'm going to say that again. We were designed, we were created. It is God's intention that we live in the overflow of his presence. I want to read a scripture from John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, someone say whoever. Someone say believe. I know there's some believers here this morning. There's believers online. There's believers in Princeton. There's believers around the world. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, has said, out of his or her heart will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive for as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus has not yet been glorified. What they're talking, Jesus is speaking about here is a gift that's going to come at Pentecost. God's desire for believers, those who trust in him, there is the capacity that out of our hearts would flow rivers Not a trickle, not a squirt gun, not just a drip. Rivers of living water would flow out of us. We were designed to live out of the overflow of his presence. We also see this as well in John chapter 10, 10. Uh, uh, Pastor Craig preached this on a few weeks ago. The enemy has come to steal, kill, destroy, but Jesus has come that they may have life and life to the full. Life abundant, life excessive. It's this overflow that we have been designed to live in the overflow. So what do we need to do is we know the character and nature of God that he is a filler. If it fits, I sit. If we create a fitting space, a set apart space for God, he'll fill it. That's his character. And then when we, that collides with God's intention, Christ's intention that we live in the overflow, what we find is an invitation. 
we find an invitation to continually create spaces in our lives for God to fill and overflow. Did you know that you can create spaces in your life that God wants to fill? And more than that, he wants to overflow. Just imagine, let's take a moment and let your imagination wander to this idea. What would my life look like if multiple areas were overflowing, were full of abundance, full of God's presence? It would change everything. Sometimes it's easy for us to picture the opposite. What would my life look like without God's presence? You know what it looks like without God's presence? It looks like creation before God spoke. It says that the waters, there was chaos. It was disordered. Without God's presence, don't be surprised when your life looks like chaos and disorder. But when we invite God into our life, we create spaces. Guess what happens? There's order. There's beauty. There's fullness. And there's life. That God's presence wants to come and flow through us. We are designed to live in the overflow. I have a question for us. What are some spaces in our day-to-day? We've traced the threads through scripture, looking at the very character of God, that he's a filler. What spaces of our life would God want to come and fill? Let's think of a few of them. Did you know that God delights in filling church services? Right? What is a church service other than a space that's set apart for God that we come to meet with him and encounter his presence? We should come with the expectation that God's going to fill this space. He's going to overflow this space. I love coming to church. Guess what? You can either look at church as simply checking a box or an opportunity for God to fill the box and to overflow the box. Don't be surprised when God moves in incredible ways because we have created a space set apart for God. We say, we're meeting at 10 o'clock. We're going to pray before we get here. We're going to come with expectations. Surprise, surprise. The filler comes and fills. That's who he is. That's what he does. We also can see this in our devotional times. Or maybe, again, if you're new to the church, we say that as a a catchphrase for spending time in prayer, in reading your Bible, resting in God's presence. Did you know that's a space? Maybe it's a chair at home. Maybe it's, there's a specific place. But that time, we can set apart that time. We can say, God, I'm giving you these 15 minutes Every morning, and I'm going to spend time with you. We've created a space. Guess what? God's a filler, and he wants to fill that space. That would transform that time in our lives when we recognize because of God's character, he wants to then fill that space. I want to encourage you. Sometimes you maybe have done devotionals, and you're like, this is dry. You know, a lot of people are like, preacher's going to preach. Uh, But sometimes you may not feel it. Well, maybe it's because you're not expecting God to meet you, but I also want to remind you that just because you don't feel it doesn't mean that God isn't filling. We're saying that this morning, even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop, right? 
So again, we, can't, we have to recognize that God's promises aren't always connected to our feelings and our perceptions. We trust his promises, we trust his character over our feelings. So even when you're reading your Bible in the morning, when you're praying, you may not feel full, but if we've set that part of time, God is going to fill you. Just expect it. He's going to fill his presence with his love, with his joy, with his peace, with his wisdom, with his guidance. Whatever we might need for the day, God wants to fill you up. Some other places, this one, I think people, if you've ever gone, you can sense that, yep, God fills this space. Have you ever been to a camp or a retreat? Anybody are like, like a church Christian camp kind of people? Sometimes we go to those places and we're blown away. People are healed, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. People are running around and it's, what's going on here? We hear his voice clearly. Why? We created a space. If you go on a week-long camp or if you go on a mission trip and you say, God, we're giving you this whole time, don't be surprised when the filler fills the space because if it fits, I sit. God wants to fill spaces. But here's the good news. It's not just at camps and retreats that God wants to fill. It's our everyday, ordinary lives. God wants to fill the space of your mouth. It says in Psalms 81.10, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Even if we give our mouths, God, I, I get, when I pray as a preacher, God, would you come and I give you my mouth? Would you fill it with your word? This doesn't happen just for preachers. This happens as you go throughout your day. God, would you fill my mouth with your presence that it might accomplish your purposes and your mission? There's other spaces. What if we invited God's presence to fill our homes? Sometimes I don't, again, we, we, we didn't realize that God would come and fill it, so we never invited him to come. What if you and your family determined, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. This house is your house, God, and we dedicate it for your purposes. Watch what God might do in your home, how he might create unity. His presence might create joy and peace. Your children might sleep better. Your marriage might get better because God's presence will come and fill that space. I dare you to invite God and set your house apart. What would this look like if you set apart your finances for the Lord? And you said, God, this portion of my finances, I set apart for you. See what God might do. His presence might fill it and multiply and then use it for his kingdom purposes. I was talking with one of my friends and mentors this week. And we were talking about this idea and he reminded me of a, a guy that he knew that simply said, I'm going to test God in this. And he took a portion of his money and he just said, this money, God's going to, I'm going to only use for God's purposes. Much like the tabernacle, he anointed it, set it apart. This is for God's, not mine, only for his purposes. And then what the guy started doing, he started giving from this supply of this space of money, this place given to God, started blessing people. And then what would happen is more money would come back and he'd give some more money away. And then more money would come in. He's like, I can't, I can't get rid of it. Whenever I give away from this portion, of my finances, God puts more in so I can be a blessing. What if God wants to fill that space in your life? What if God 
What if we invited God into the space of a miscommunication or a conflict? What if you're having a difficulty with somebody and you could literally say this, hey, you know, there's a bit of a misunderstanding here right now. Can we just invite God's presence to come and fill this space? What would happen? God might come bring this amazing unity and perspective and wisdom to resolve the problem, but we often don't invite him in. But I want to dare us, let's invite God in and see what his presence might do. We could keep going. What if we invited God into our conversations? What if we invited God into our bus rides? What if we invited God to come and fill our classrooms? What if we invited God to come and we set apart our workspaces? I'm just starting to believe that God's going to fill those spaces because it's who he is. And where his presence is, there is joy. Where his presence is, there is hope. Where his presence is, there is peace. There is healing. There is wisdom. There is life, there is freedom, there is order. So let's start being those who simply create the spaces and then with expectation saying, God, you're a filler and you're going to come and move in ways that we can never on our own. Our job is to create the space and then we trust in the character of the one who wants to fill the space. We've got a good God of abundance and overflow. And God wants to fill the ordinary, everyday spaces of your life. My hope is that this morning, as I've been sharing, is that God's been bubbling a hope and a possibility, a dream in your mind, in your heart of, what if, what if I gave this space? And this space might look different for each and every one of us. I want to invite the band to come up as we take a moment just to, to pause. I, I talk really fast and I go real quick. But we need, to, if we want to hear from the Lord, take a moment. And so what I want to do is I want to create a space and ask God to come and will you come and speak to us? And I just wanted to ask, this, ask God this question. What would it look like for God to come and fill one space in my life this week. I want us to dream big in the future, but if we don't make it practical and think about one space, we may not get to the other spaces being filled. So if you would join me, close your eyes, nothing spooky is going to happen, uh, but it just helps us focus on the Lord. Let's just close our eyes. The band's going to play a nice little pad. But what's going to happen, we just want to ask God, God, what's one space in my life that you want to fill this week? And allow the Holy Spirit to reveal one space, one place, one area in our life that he wants to fill this week. Let's just take a moment and ask the Lord. As we're waiting and hearing from the Lord, I wanna encourage you with this. Uh, if the space that he wants to fill makes you feel uncomfortable, it's probably the space. <laughs> maybe it's a conflict, maybe it's something difficult. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I wanna invite him in that space because he might transform it. Might be the space. 
what I want to do for our friends and family in Princeton. I don't know which camera I'm looking into. Uh, I want to release you guys to have some time with the Lord, with your leaders there. So we bless you, Princeton. We love you. Uh, we're on this side just going to spend some time and invite the Lord to come fill our spaces. And we're going to believe that he's going to come and fill your space in Princeton. We love you, Princeton. Have an awesome Sunday. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.